Welcome to What Have You, with Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. Before we get started, I wanted to recommend to you the Canon app. Even if you choose not to subscribe to all of the locked content, it's still a great place for you to have what have you in the rest of Canon Press's podcasts. Go download the Canon app today. If you choose to subscribe, you can find all kinds of talks and messages from both Rachel and Becca, including their books. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we said last time that it was looking springy, and since that time, it's had a few more little winter tantrums. (laughs) Well, I remember a saying that we thought next week it would be greener, and I will say it's significantly greener. But it it is. is But we also, the other morning, we had the first day of spring and then five inches of snow on our porch the next day. Yeah, which is gone. It's gone. And it was, and actually it was so beautiful because by lunchtime when I was driving somewhere that day when we had all the snow, the snow was melting really fast. But you couldn't tell that in the fields, but the roads were steaming. Oh, like I love it was, that. it was just like these, I like the, it just, it was like a dry ice show mm-hmm, on all of mm-hmm. the roads. Well, it's currently sort of slushing from above, you know, it's like, it's, what is that meme or joke anyways? It's about winter leaving, but it keeps coming back in and yelling <laughs> one other thing and then slamming the door and then coming back in, having thought of more. Exactly. Having, well, that's where we are, but it is, it is not quite snowing and not quite raining on us right now. It's mm, slopping. But the track us. season has begun. Mm-hmm. The lacrosse, lacrosse season. Well, yeah. Titus is in junior high, so we haven't yet started yeah, well, that. Ben's but. coaching. Anyway, it's just, uh, it's you're gonna have to put up with the sound of the windshield wipers occasionally when it gets unbearable in, in the car here. It's a little you can't just get snowed in. You gotta kinda keep the yeah. view clear. But I uh need to get out and pull all the leaves out of my garden and see if there's anything happening in there. I bet there is something happening. Yeah, no, I saw some definite movement from the rhubarb the other day. Oh, I love I love a rhubarb, but I don't have any yet. Let's not talk about rhubarb. I plan to have a whole field of rhubarb sometime. <laughs> My garlic is up. Oh, that's I have fun. weird little garlics that um just have been spreading like bonzo in my garden and I've never officially done what you're supposed to do with garlic. It's like <laughs> a lady was showing me her yard and she's like, "Oh, here, I'll just give you some." And she yanked up like four stems of garlic with this little sort of clove and she's like yeah just plunk them in your garden when you get home so I did and now they're just zooming about the garden but they never form like a big a big head of garlic underneath and I think it's because I've never properly done anything to them they just kind of wander around doing their thing (laughs) so this year I'm gonna try to what is the proper procedure to make the garlic have a you know like you I think when you cut the the scapes off, which I've done because that makes a really yummy pesto. But anyway, we cut those off and then kind of bend the stems down so that all the energy will go into the bulb, oh. and then pulling them up at the right time and basically you know, more attention. More attention. I've, I've always been like, oh, I wonder if there's a head there's of garlic under there. There's a lot of things there. in life that I feel like just require more attention than I'm. Giving oh, them. Do you know what I just did that is 
ludicrous of me, but Ben and I just got back from North Carolina. And so, of course, the whole time I am just in amazement at the otherness of what grows there, you know. Mm-hmm. But the magnolia trees kill me, you guys. Those of you who live with magnolia trees, you take them for granted, I think. It's like, they're so cool. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm looking around like, I wonder if any of these have thrown off their little weird cones with seeds in them. So I'm like Googling as we drive, like, can you plant a magnolia tree from seed? What happens if you try that? So I watch these little videos on how to, so, but everyone appears to be quite diligent in the whole state of North Carolina about picking up the cones underneath and not allowing them to linger (laughs) on the ground. Sorry. I couldn't hear what you said. (laughs) That was Rachel's watch. (laughs) Anyway, but we had to pull over because we had to turn around somewhere. Our Google overlords (laughs) were unable to tune into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But we were trying to pull a UE or something. So we pull into this little sort of side uh, road. And there, as we pull over, there are all the cones things. I don't know what you call them, but they're like a big thing lying on the ground and I was like Ben don't drive away and I leapt from the car and I gathered some of these things do up they, will they grow here well, I kind of no, feel like no, all, what no. were you going to do about so it so then I cracked them open and I fished out a lot of little seeds and I was like see I could start one of these in a pot so it won't grow it'll but be like an avocado pit yeah, for yeah it'll be like going. that and so what I'm saying to you here is that there's probably zero chance that I'll get a little seedling out of it, but it didn't stop me from trying. Well, I congratulate yeah. you on yeah. your efforts. Yeah, thank you. I, As a naturalist, I really... <laughs> <laughs> I find myself excelling. Uh, <laughs> I was actually just thinking today when I was driving to pick them up at school, and a bunch of magpies, you know, were flying around. And I was just thinking how interesting it is that magpies are so normal us but they're so beautiful like they're such a normal bird Mm -hmm. because they're everywhere here Mm -hmm. but they're actually not I mean I mean I'm sure they're common but I mean if you lived in a place without magpies and saw them flying you'd be like oh my word yeah that's so pretty but here you just don't well it's like almost don't notice them it's like seeing cardinals because like I saw a cardinal on this trip too and it was like So yeah, red bird. Bird. Red. <laughs> and they're like, uh, yes, we have red birds. Well, Moses said also on the way home, he was like, mom, mom, can I use your bird app to figure out what bird that was? And I said, what bird did you just see? And he said, well, it was the size of a crow and it was all black. was a blessing to me. So I did have a, one topic that I think we should talk about. All right, what? Because it just was occurring to me in another in another context uh, thinking about this that I was realizing that there are a lot of Christians who for various reasons let sin dominate their life. And I don't mean by that 
just the people who fall away from the faith or, like, you know, are living in immorality. I mean the kind of people who are, like, struggling on normal day-to-day sanctification levels of, like, being frustrated with someone, being selfish, whatever. But because they have an incomplete or some kind of a stunted view of fellowship and forgiveness, mm-hmm. they, that normal levels of petty sins dominate their life because they don't know how to confess, repent, and be done. Like, because instead, if it's like you're trying to, I don't mean to say that you're making too big a deal out of sin because sin should always be treated yeah, seriously, yeah. but that you like refusing to accept forgiveness and the fellowship that should be happening right after forgiveness as some kind of weird kind of penance. You know what it is? It's like, it's like, um, if you found a nasty, smelly, something gross in your you know, a corner of your kitchen that had fallen back behind one something. One of those potatoes. was reeking. What about you know? one of those potatoes But let's that say that, that you, you put it in your garbage can that's still in the kitchen, and then you just let it stay there for right. three and then, days. And then any of your children that walk into the room or gasp for air about but what is like, that, you're like, I had a problem with, you know, like and everything but, is but it's defined like, by it. When you find one of those things, get it all the way out of the house. Because if you put it in the garbage, yes, right. you did. You put it in the garbage, but you didn't take the garbage out. It's going to continue to linger and cast yeah, its ambiance. Yeah, and but I think that that's a thing that, like, if you really care about holiness, which you should because you're a Christian, so this is how it should be, mm-hmm. and one of your kids sins, mm-hmm. that sometimes we do this weird thing where we act like because we take holiness so seriously... We require a lot of wallowing in sin. Do you know what's funny? I was actually talking to one of my kids about this just not long ago. We, we were talking about the parallel being uh, the way people handle mistakes at school. So yeah. just, just like reframe this for a second. So you have somebody who, let's say they make an embarrassing mistake in front of the class. Like they forgot, you know, they're supposed to... Yeah, you know, know sure. the answer and they, and they forgot it. There are the people who do the, like, don't care. Didn't want to know it anyway. Kind of a, there's know. that. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other people who on the other extreme begin to hyperventilate and cry because they <laughs> forgot, they forgot an answer. You've got a little chum here at the I window. You've got a little chum. That's fine. You can play Zelda. Okay. Can I have else? Nope. Do you need me to come in? Yeah. Okay. Hold on one second. <laughs> we shall pause. And she's back. No, there's the there's the people who over dramatize the yes. mistake, and it's like they take something that was embarrassing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You fluffed that. But then they make it 800 times worse by turning it into a monster of a moment where you could just accept it graciously. The people who pretend, there's people who don't care anyway. There's the people who do the awkward thing of they pretend like that never happened 
when yeah. we all we all saw it happen. Like, it's all like, oh, that was you, real. You have to acknowledge it happened, but you can do so with a, a you know a laugh <laughs> and like, well, that was awkward, and then you can keep going. And in a similar way with sin, like let's say you sinned, you did the thing. You could pretend like it didn't happen, which is self-evidently not true and makes everything really embarrassing. Right. Or, and also won't solve the problem. You know, you can't ignore that one out of existence. But the other thing is the people that then wallow in it, the ones Mm -hmm. that have to act like I take this very, 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 very seriously that I just... That I just I did a bad I did something and the thing is is yes you did and you need to acknowledge it and you need to move on and part of taking it seriously is being able to leave it behind and not drag it into the rest of the we were always raised under the one of the slogans of our life I would say is keep short accounts yep and I think that there's just more than one way to make your accounts long. Like, uh-huh. where you could not keep them short by letting them run on where you've been wronging your husband a little bit every day for months and months and never mm-hmm. apologizing. That's one way to not be keeping a short account. But another way is to make everything bigger than it wallow was. Wallow and wallow Right, like, guilt. where you're like, oh my word. Like, say that you're huffy at your children And then you decide to explore it in all the ways. And you're like, it is because of the idols of my heart. It is because I am a wretch. It is because I am selfish. So basically what happens is you are guilty of snapping at your children. And then you're guilty of moping around for the afternoon. Right. And what you have to recognize about this is that that's a way. It is a way of just denying your faith, right? You're like, you need to repent, but then believe Mm -hmm. that that repentance Mm -hmm. accomplished something and that what it accomplished was forgiveness because Jesus handled it for you, which means that if you actually believe that you should be pressing back on in joy and in fellowship. So when I think, and this was just on my mind because Every once in a while, we will get feedback from someone who's like, doesn't feel like we acknowledge that we ourselves struggle with things. Do we? Yeah, every once in a while. Or like... I, like, have, I have a sort of side note. Can you just hold that for a second? Because sure. as I replay what you just said in my mind, and I think to myself, if I was a hostile blogger who was trying to prove that you believe in salvation by works, I would, I would pull that quote. Because when you say... Which quote? When you say, um, like I'm just, our, let's just take it aside to say, isn't it great that you're not a hostile blogger? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we don't think that your repentance accomplishes your forgiveness. But we do think that your repentance restores the fellowship and the joy yes. of the joy of your salvation. I it can't does, remember what I said. You in said the first it accomplishes place. forgiveness, and so what I'm saying is that, like, I thought I said, if you wanted Jesus to, accomplishes the well, forgiveness. First, you said, let's that, set the record let's, straight. Let's rewind. No, the, I'm just saying that, like, yeah, yeah. just to be clear, we don't think no. that your repentance does accomplishes the, no. the forgiveness, the ultimate forgiveness. But when you repent, you restore the joy of your salvation. You rejoice the sort of the sweet fellowship of walking with God that your sin 
created or that is and restored then, because you're turning yes. from your sin yes. to Christ in Christ's righteousness. Right. Totally equipped. You can't, you can't even repent on your own I'm just, steam. Exactly. I'm just saying that like, yeah. you, we, we'll be we are not careful. arguing the ultimate forgiveness is the result. Anyway, that's just a side note. <laughs> I just bring this up because there are yeah, people who would like nothing more than to find another they quote. They want to find a moment where I might say a thing that implies yeah, something. That you might have to obey God. That's my biggest offense. <laughs> it's the one that no, I keep doing. No, but anyway, so... It's fine. What I, was, what I was trying to say is, though, that if you actually believe that Christ has done what you say you believe he has done for yes. you, then no day of yours should be dominated by grief over your petty sins, right? Like, I've, I feel like you have to keep throwing in qualifications. There are times when there is a sin that is enough so to grievous. really take yep. up a big amount of yep. space. And there are sins that but, I think really need a, a dramatic time of soul yes. searching. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, like, if you are, I'm not trying to say, oh, never you mind if right. you just had an affair with your neighbor, you just shake it off. <laughs> and it's not no. at all what I'm talking about. No. But I'm talking about in the regular life of regular Christians, the norm yeah. should be the sweet fellowship. Yeah. And the things that happen, like, that somebody sinned is like a bug on the windshield in yep. terms of it's normal. It's the kinds of things that are expected. And just because it's little doesn't mean I shouldn't clean it off at the gas station. You know, it doesn't mean that this shouldn't be regularly taken care See, of. Yeah. I think the thing is, is like, there are certain moments, like let's say that you in a fit of rage went into your living room and slashed up the sofa and yanked down the curtains and then, you know, poured some gasoline on some stuff and lit it up. You know, so now it's a bit of a scorched out situation. It is. That that's gonna take a lot. That's of more than a like sorry babe. Together. Sorry, babe. Yeah. No biggie wiggy. But let's say yeah. that you knocked over your Diet Coke and it, you know, went across the coffee or let's table. Say you... Well, grab a dish towel and don't don't turn it into the huge scene right. or don't if you if you stumble in things like being short with your kids or being angry about something petty or whatever the case don't act like you want that to be the defining feature of your life <laughs> right. right like what you need to do is say forgive me for that and then move on mm-hmm. in fellowship like stop with the like so as a parent, I think this is really important because you can't do it with your own sin and you certainly can't do it with your kids. No. There needs to be the clarity of fellowship and restoration after forgiveness. Yeah. And not like, say one of your kids went in colored with a Sharpie all over the bathroom wall. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically. I can't imagine never that happened. ever Never. No. Nobody's ever had a rogue Sharpie in Sharpies their house. Sharpies at my house so, were never a problem. <laughs> Gosh, and we had some, neither like, were scissors. We had like Armageddon <laughs> level Sharpie. <laughs> I never had someone take a little 
pair of sewing scissors and stick them on the inside of a ball of yarn and snip a few times in there, which was the rudest, rudest because nothing looked like it had happened. <laughs> until you until you get I'm knitting a baby sweater and it starts just every few inches is a new piece. <laughs> so but the the thing is, so something happens that is like it's not big but it has an impact on you. Yeah. Like the sin of someone going rogue with a little pair of scissors mm-hmm. is actually a really petty sin. Yeah. But the consequence that you may have to deal with could be provoking, right? Yeah. Could be a level or a kid not not sticking to the paper as advised could be uh, yeah. like, "Oh my word, what have you done?" The the reason I bring this up is that it's actually a little thing even if it has a even if there's a consequence as associated right. with it, which means that the repentance and the forgiveness has to be complete. You do not give them the long serious face for the rest of the day as you grieve over <laughs> their sin. Yeah. They need to have for the rest of the day, the total restoration of fellowship and right. joy and forgiveness and love and acceptance. It's not like, I think, um, <laughs> It's not like what? holiness makes a longer, bigger, darker time out of no, forgiveness. No, I was just thinking, <laughs> maybe we've told this story, but I know a story that mom tells about me and my evil youth was that sometime in there, Nate was like two and I was four. And at some point during the day, he had hit me and he had been disciplined and we were back. But then that night at dinner... Nate, the two-year-old, began to <laughs> hold forth about the virtues of righteous living. So he was, he was, he liked to list off the rules of, here's what you don't do. You never say shut up. Yeah. You never do this. You never do that. And then he got to, you never hit people. And then I came lashing out from my corner to say, well, why did you hit me then? <laughs> Showing that I was harboring bitterness. But anyway, so dad, uh, dad turned and he never wanted, to, never wanted to miss the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So he spake to me about my attitude, which I think probably at the time I felt was quite deeply unfair. You know, because you Nate probably was felt like one got you yeah, like, caught you in the act I of found it. Hypocrisy. hypocrisy anyway he quoted up a verse to me from the sermon on the mount i think i don't know i don't remember which verse it was but he told me that and i said to him i said well who is this paul guy anyway <laughs> Becca, what you didn't know is that at the tender age of four, Becca was already running with the big dogs like Jory Micah. She was already one of our advanced feminist women. I was. It was like, well, tell me why I should care about that. I'm pretty sure it was, was it it Christ speaking? It was. I think I felt a bit thwarted when he said, it was Jesus. Becca. But but furthermore, but, but furthermore, but anyways, had it been this Paul guy. <laughs> but my point is, is I I do think that we can get ourselves a little bit of the who is this Paul guy anyway yeah. when it comes to forgive completely. Yeah. And and set it aside 70 times seven sorts of yeah. things. Maybe it, maybe it was the 70 times seven that Dad brought up. I d- I don't know what it was, but. Some passage about forgiveness and um, and and the who is this Paul guy anyway is I think lurking at the back 
of many, uh, uh-huh. many of our evil behaviors. Well, well, okay. One of the things is that you know, and when when Paul, when the Paul guy himself <laughs> does actually say that, you know, basically, what's the what does he anticipate his audience thinking he's saying? He said, "Should we sin, then that grace may abound?" Like forgiveness is so free, so complete. Why would we bother stopping to sin if it comes this easily after all? Well, and obviously the answer to that is certainly, certainly not. Certainly not. May I believe. But exactly. May it never be. But the point there is that the many, many Christians disapprove of God's liberality yeah. in forgiveness. Yeah. And that's why I love, I think it's in John. Actually, I think it appears in more than one place, but where it's listing all the people who have all of these various problems, you know, uh, and in the middle of it, like he's saying, blessed are all of these people, you know, but then he says, and those who are not offended because of me. And that like, basically the people who are offended by those who are forgiven, like that there is a category well, of Christian. I never heard. I mean, that's not how I, I would have, yeah, no, I guess you could do that. Offended because of me is an interesting, I think I always took it as ashamed um, of me, sort of. Well, hold on, I'm going to look it up. Uh, I, in the context, let's see if I can find. Um, I, wish I, could, I wish I could remember the exact. Google. Well, yeah. I wish I, I'm, it's in a list of the blind who can see now, the paralyzed who can walk, and then it's saying, and those who are not offended. Be I, I've always taken it as it being that it's an important... We don't want to be raising our children to be the kind... We want to be raising holy children, mm-hmm. but we need them to be the kind of holy children who know inside and out the forgiveness of God, and that they rejoice in people who were not holy, being made holy. Right. And that's that whole like older brother of the prodigal son situation yeah. is like, I've been doing it right. And I resent the liberality of God's yes. forgiveness yes. because all this time when I've been trying to have a long face about all of these things and God just is so much more generous than I think he ought to be. Like yeah. I disapprove of God's also, generosity. I disapprove of sinners who have come back. Yes, I disapprove of people who are not exactly where I am or I am, you know, whatever. And actually this is another version of I spoke with someone once who like this is kind of more in the eating disorder category of life, but who has made an entirely unbiblical standard and idea of what is uh, a godly body essentially like like self-control would mean that I would have no fat on my body oh, like sure. this is how it has to be yeah. and it is really interesting because the more I, I just think that this is it was another version of this that is but I disagree with God about his standards like mm. I disagree and people do this about health food, health, food stuff, like that I'm drawing holiness lines that are not God's so that I can spend more time with a long face than God tells us to. Like, I yeah. want to be more, yeah, more 
chafed by a horsehair shirt, maybe. <laughs> like, I want to uh-huh. not be living freely and fully and joyfully uh-huh. in forgiveness. So I think it's just an important thing to think about because I think especially as a parent, it's easy to think that you're teaching people a valuable lesson while you scowl at them for the um, you again you the one that walked in with your shoes when I had mopped you know you're the one that failed us all (laughs) when you dropped that plate you know or whatever it's amazing how we can be sometimes yeah and and um I do (laughs) it's shocking how relevant the bible is well you know the thing that I... So, <laughs> Almost as if humans have been doing this for thousands of years. I know, and it's and that's what I was thinking. And in spite of all of the cultural differences from that time to this time, how applicable it is. I know. Well, okay, so one of the, one of the things surrounding this is... I, I think we do, but I've often gotten into conversations with Christians who I think have no actual feel. No, like they've never experienced what we call being in fellowship. Like yeah. what is just a family that is in fellowship and mm-hmm. the, and the love is sweet. The atmosphere is yeah. good. There is no standing fog of yeah. anything. There's not tension in the air. There's yeah. not, there's just the joy of the Lord. Where you would never say things like, well, those two just don't get along. You know, like we just don't tolerate that. No, it's or, like, or like. It's a sort of like, oh, one of the kids has slammed their bedroom door and is upstairs being angry, but the rest of us are having a fine time. Like that's, these are not, that's not a time of. It's very much the, the, um, leaving the flock to go find the one that is lost should be what your parenting is like. And I mean that on a very small scale. If there's one kid who is struggling or one kid who's in a grouch. You do or not. All the rest of you kid, don't roll your eyes at each other no, and then press on with your it's life. It's sort of like, well, everybody else is going to hang here while uh-huh. I go and sort it with them because because I care too much about that one to just leave them behind mm-hmm. while we go merrily on our way. And sometimes that does mean a big pause of what you thought you were going to be getting done over the next uh, yeah. hour while you go and you deal with the kid who's gotten in a mood. You know, like yeah. it's just stop, drop, and deal with the problem as soon as it presents itself and don't tolerate the long lingering mm-hmm. feuds because if it's kind of like, well, those two kids just, you know, yeah, there's a rivalry all the time. It's like, why? Well, what are you doing to fix it? Yeah. You know, like, well, so I, and I'm I was... not saying you can't have an ongoing temptation because of course you can have two kids who are tempted to rivalry, but then every time you see it, you need to take a minute to stop yeah. and pastor them through it. And needs to be the thing that you're like, oh, look, this also is stinkweed. Let's yeah. pull it out. So one thing I was going to say though, is that in trying to describe what actually is fellowship in the home. I think one of the things that we're up against is this sort of idea that holiness is a long face. Yeah. And that holiness is seriousness or that holiness is uh, well, it, a yearning, pleading earnestness all the time and never that holiness is, you having know... Having a great time. I, Dishing up mac and cheese and honking someone's nose and being like 
being I think joyful. This is not to open a whole other can of worms, but this is very present in all of our political kerfluffles at the moment with critical race theory and oh, trying to be less white and and feeling grieved and offended and always, sorrowful. Always offended. But, like, uh, but offended and sorrowful over sins that were committed in centuries past. But somehow not sorrowful about what you're doing right this hot minute. <laughs> right, but I just mean that that like I must be broken and sorrowful and offended on behalf of everyone everywhere all the time. That is that is not mm-hmm. the I mean like where is that in the fruits of the spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the fact that joy and peace and kindness those are all things that like should mark your house and it shouldn't be this big mournful recounting of all the ways in which we are of course but sinful wretches no because it's you know what it is it's like finding a new way to make the gospel all about us instead of about (laughs) what jesus actually did for us um you know like Mm-hmm. It's an. I found this passage, by the way, right. so we can, I'll read it. And you, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, uh, "Well, what were they? Yeah, that's right. When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of the disciples and said to him, "Are you the coming one, or do we look for another?" Jesus answered and said to them, "Go and tell John the things which you hear and see: the blind see, and the lame walk; the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear; the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me." And mm-hmm. when he's well, talking about that, this is what I am accomplishing, and he says, "And blessed is he who is not." offended by well and the pharisees were constantly being offended by the lame or walking and the deaf or well deaf. boy were they because ever the hufflepuffs about yeah, that yeah because it's like <laughs> it was this it was the sabbath <laughs> jesus, starts, are you sure you should have really healed someone now like jesus specifically healed people on the sabbath just because just for them i don't know because how often is he healing people on the sabbath and they're getting all up in a swizzle about it but they're like you get the sense that the pharisees were out with their binoculars to check <laughs> if he was doing that on the sabbath and you know he knew that and yeah. he did it you know yeah. but just... i just mean the not being offended by the like the restoration yes which is that list of things the... well that's the thing that i that i've always thought is that well, obviously within reason, but if you raising your own Christian children, hopefully would not be the blind seeing, the lame walking, the lepers being right. cleansed, the deaf hearing, the dead being raised up, and the poor having the gospel preached to them. That and but then when it puts in at the end, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. I feel like that's that's the one that is saying blessed is the one who rejoices in all of these things, right? Like who, who sees that what Jesus is doing is. Yeah. No, you don't want to be the one off on the side being like, I don't think he's You're like, well, enough. I could walk out by myself. Or, you know, eh, I'm not. I don't think he's sufficiently paid for his sins. Yeah. He should have done more. And, but it's remarkable to me how, so I think that some sins belonging Sometimes it's kind of like the 80 20 rule that 20% of the time it's actually super helpful to take a minute and be like, what's actually driving this? Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. But 80% of the time, you're just going to be spending too much time on it. Yeah. Does it really matter why I felt 
more prone to snip at people when I, like, you know, was it really mm-hmm. important to find out exactly how I was feeling there? Sort of like sometimes it's more important that you fix it and move on. Just ignore that, you know. And a simple solution to this really is to say there are times when you think, I wonder if this is something I should have worked, you know, like, mm-hmm. is this something I should have should think about more just ask the lord to bring it to your attention if it is that's a great technique because sometimes if i think there's someone that you really need to say something to you know you're like i wonder if i need Mm -hmm. to talk to Mm -hmm. her about this and you're not sure yeah oftentimes i give that to the lord in just saying Lord, if you want me to talk to her about this, please give me a yeah. clear opportunity and give me the courage to take it. Yeah. And and then you can really have a lot of peace. Yeah. When that moment comes, it's an answer to prayer. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. that the Lord is saying, this is what I want you to do. And if you don't have that opportunity, you've been willing mm-hmm. to do it if you should. And you don't feel like you're... You know what I mean? And yeah. And I would say, do that with yourself. Like, Lord, if there's something that I really need to spend more time thinking through, please bring that to my attention. But I don't want to just spend my life looking under the bed for my sin dust bunnies and journaling no. about what I might no. have and gotten a lead on. And if you know that you're in one of those places where, yeah, there is a mountain of stuff that you have. Yeah. And, and probably the snappishness that you are experiencing has to yeah, do with... Yeah, it goes with, back to your porn problem or something. Yeah, or yeah like there's, 15 years of right. lies or, or people sinning against you or, you know, like whatever. If it's if it's stuff like that, then seriously, go go to your pastor or you know, yeah. your husband or you and your husband go to your pastor or whatever get help because yes if there are things like that then yes you should unravel them but just staring at it indefinitely yes and i and this is a thing that i really just want to you know mention it's a thing about the christian life if the lord is afflicting your conscience like if you are roasting on a spit of of pain because of sin that you know is in your life that you've not confessed or something you have not told your husband that you are feeling the guilt about it or whatever. I just can't encourage you enough to just submit to the Lord's discipline and get it right. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is there are, it's not, it's not going to go away. It's a blessing that God is like, that's proof that you belong to him that he cares about you, that he wants to restore you to fellowship, that you are feeling that way. But it's also true that if you are being rebuked by the Holy Spirit or by someone and you keep hardening your heart to that, if you instead are thinking, I'm feeling convicted, but I don't want to do anything about it, so I better really harden my heart, that that is the path that you never, ever want to be on. It's like no. just... And I think that like... If you are being afflicted truly by like actually your conscience as opposed to the false guilt, false guilt sits there and beats yourself up with 
that was really stupid. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I'm the kind of person who does that. I can't, you know, like that's mm-hmm. the sort of false guilt speaking. Yeah. But when it's real, when it's real conviction, I think it's when you can realize that you actually are lying to yourself mm-hmm. about whatever it is. So if you, if there's something in your life that you're consistently hiding from others or from yourself, like if you if you find yourself covering your tracks all the time, if you find yourself doubling back to make sure nobody would, or notice if you find yourself you trying to not notice what the Lord is clearly bringing to your attention. But what I'm saying is, if you feel in yourself the need to cover your tracks about something, yeah, then you you know enough to know that that's something you should cover up, mm-hmm. and you should see that in yourself. I think that's one of those like telltale signs sort of because when you're just sitting there going woe is me I'm so bad this is the worst I'm a wretch you know like that kind of thing that's sort of false guilt I think real guilt is when you're deleting your browsing history when you're yeah. um making sure you put that bottle Trying to pretend in the back you of were the working shelf. harder yeah. yeah when you are erasing your you know recent messages it, you know like things like that where you right. are trying to cover something up or you're trying to block something off so that somebody won't notice that's your conscience right yeah. there and it's your conscience not you know hitting you hard enough if you're still doing that but if, if you are consistently trying to hide things that's your conscience or if you are retelling a story to yourself over and over and over um trying it out from different angles so that you were really actually in the right when you said that or it really wasn't until i'm sure i've told the story before about when i told mom a lie sometime in like my early teens about something something stupid too it was like not even a necessary lie i just suddenly (laughs) lied and then it was like I sat there going why did I do that you know but I didn't I didn't put it right I just did that and then (laughs) I would oh it was like I kept trying not to think about it Mm. and that of course doesn't work then I would lie in bed at night I I prayed a lot of times yeah prayed that God would forgive me for the lie Lord please forgive me for this thing though I don't if I would just feel yeah forgiven then I wouldn't have to go tell mom I I lied to to her yeah so then I I would uh I would lie there and I would recast the story such that my whimsical tone of voice (laughs) showed that I was joking Uh, you know and it was like when you're trying out the same story with paraphrasing what I said or taken in one way I think what I said maybe could have sort of been true we could find a way that mom knew that I was joking you know like any of those things and I just miserable because I kept trying to have ways in which it was okay what I had done Uh and trying to forget about it just trying to not think about it try if I could just you know praying repenting if felt no peace finally had to go back and tell mom a lie she probably didn't even remember that I had said it it was just like it was yeah. such a non-issue but boy did that bring the relief all of a sudden you're like the sweet relief. yeah okay so I want to say one other thing <clears throat> is that if you are not getting something right like you were just talking about how you're praying for peace and you're working on this and people are like God is not forgiving me this Sometimes when I have talked to people, the reason that they're not getting it right is because they're telling themselves a story yeah. not about how not about 
like what you were just doing, excusing yeah. the sin, but they're telling themselves a story about how them repenting would hurt their husband. Like yeah. if I told him I yeah. lied, it would right. hurt him. So it's my cross to bear right. this. And this is the thing that I want to say to you is that it has already affected him yeah. that you are like what yeah. the thing is, is that what you're doing is let, letting your family, letting your husband, letting your parents, whoever it is, be affected by your sin, but not impacted at all by your forgiveness, <laughs> yeah. right? Like all they, even if they don't know about right. the sin, they're being impacted yeah, by the sin, for sure. especially in a marriage. Like yeah. if you have some kind of sexual sin or something that you just have not confessed and you think I could never ask his forgiveness for that because it would hurt him. The reality is you already did the yeah, hurt. You hurt the forgiveness already. is the only solution that would fix that hurt. Right. So don't tell yourself stories on that kind of front either. Like, or yeah. it would damage my reputation as a Christian, yeah. my testimony. If I told my neighbor that I stole a raspberries or something, right. you know, like then I would have right. a bad testimony. Yeah. It's like, no, get and it I right. I do think that the, the real rule about getting it right is if, God is the only one who saw your sin because it mm -hmm. was in your heart or because you sat down and wrote a mean-spirited email and then just kept it in your drafts folder and God knows about it and you know about it. Right. Confess it to God and there you go. If uh, you sinned against a person where there is a victim there, where you yelled at someone, you lied to someone, you took someone's raspberries mm -hmm. then you have to go make it right with them and whoever else saw it happen but you don't need to like go confess to your children your envious thoughts you were having about no and that's like your the kind aunt, of thing like for instance you know, if you were if you had a bad attitude about a friend but you never, you don't need to go tell people I was mad at you because you were so annoying about this and such. <laughs> no. If they had no reason to suspect it, you no. don't have to go tell them. What I meant when I said your sin already impacted them is yeah. in like in a marriage, there's a different standard there. Yeah. That's a different, yeah. that's a different kind of closeness. And, and if you are afflicted by guilt because of a sin that needs to be confessed only to God, your kids are going to feel it because yes. you are not functioning as a sort of, you're not firing on all cylinders as a Christian. You don't need to get into the reasons with them, but you do need to get it right with God. And then you need to even, move forward. Even if what you need to tell your kids is, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry I've been this way. I was struggling with some secret sin, which I have confessed to the Lord well, and put it and gotten it right. See, the thing is, I think we've probably all been around someone oh, where you in, know stuff well, ain't right or in the moments before the great big bad thing came out you know mm -hmm. like I remember there you know there'd be somebody who there was a great big thing and everybody found out they were having an affair for instance in the months leading up to that they oh, were the, behaving. The whole world so has. Oddly. It feels like everyone afterwards goes, oh. oh. <laughs> That's what that That's was. That's what was happening. Now we know. Yeah, because yeah. it sort of makes sense of all of this random data from earlier. Yes. So if you were a mom with something on your conscience, some unconfessed sin that you haven't put right, 
Maybe you've been like not honest with your husband about the money you've been spending or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That thing is, is those random data pieces, you know, like your kids are feeling it. Your husband's feeling it. You're feeling it. They might not know, they might not know why, but they know that things aren't right. Right. So let's say you put it right with your husband. You put it right with God. You get it all clean and then you move forward like a forgiven Christian, then your kids will feel the relief. Like they actually will. Your husband will feel the relief. Because a Christian who is bogged down in sin and encrusted in gunk uh, just is a different different kind of person to be around than Mm -hmm. one who is forgiven and is behaving like they're forgiven. Yes. And so I just want to say encouraging any of you who may have been feeling like this, this particular episode got too personal on the things you didn't want to think about. I just want to encourage you that there, that hopefully you already know this, but that there is real forgiveness and real freedom from your sin. And that to deal with your sin is not committing to like to deal with it before the Lord is not committing to wallow in it. It is committing to being free from it. Like, and, and it actually is a call to freedom and to joy and to clarity and to not being stuck in this horrible bog. Once you have confessed it to all the appropriate parties and you have made restitution in whatever way that restitution needed needed to be made, then you actually can set it in the rear view mirror be ye done thinking about it treasuring it up yeah picking at it just (laughs) let let the dang thing go (laughs) also i would say in the context where there's actually a bigger like if it felt like you had a body buried out in the garden Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. you're having to get it out I think yep. if you've had these occasional lapses where you go dig it up just to check that it's still there and yep. then cover it all back up again and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you do really deal with it, get the whole, th- it's all forgiven, don't just think in terms of covering it up. Think in terms of restoring fellowship and joy. Like, not just not having the body buried in the garden, but planting other good things there if there was some kind of a wound in your marriage go cultivate good things there not just not just this like go actively honor god in those places we need to be done probably but did you need to tell everyone about the funny man oh my goodness we've we alluded to the funny and then we got carried away talking about Uh, other things so and, and this just i don't know it blessed me so very hard. Um, and it's this... I can't even remember the guy's name, Rach. It's, um, oh, I don't either. It's someone who was trying to be a, a musician. Man, but he's he, a man with some wit. Uh, he takes uh, outrageous little spats upon the internet, internet. dramas. Internet drama. And he turns it into songs. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a blessing. I feel like you have to watch them like three times before the full beauty of it comes over They you. are very oh, funny Oh, they're though. so funny. There's <laughs> there's one about um, the horse. The 15,000 pound horse that is just so good. And there's um, one about the salad dressing. 
blue cheese has mold in it. Uh, that one, that one, I feel like has so many metaphorical applications to the rest of life. Well, they really, what it really, uh, what really does well in this whole thing is that it's just people. It's like, it's like the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a caricature of normal human interactions, but they're in very, very funny, funny places. Because this one was like, it's like a texting conversation of my horse broke my toe (laughs) and the other person's like, ouch. And then the first person's like. He weighs 15,000 pounds. And then the friend responds, 1,500? Question mark. Nope. Add an extra zero onto that. <laughs> and then it turns into a full throttle kerfluffle. Oh, about it's so whether- good. It's about like, well, you, this thing, you're everything, don't you? And someone's like, the world record of a horse is 3,300 pounds. It's just you have to. You okay, have hold to on. Just, I'm looking um, it up to be able to tell our friends what his name it oh, even is. And the one about the butter is so good. It's Ooh. like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She weighs over fifteen thousand pounds. Fifteen hundred. Nope. Add another zero to that. There's no way she can be that much. She got papers on her telling us her name. Okay. So that's the one that you need His to go find. His name is Lubalin. Yeah. L-U-B-A-L-I-N. It's just, it's just a blessing. It it's is. It's like he takes the foibles of humanity and he shines and he blesses, a light. And he blesses he us by showing it He shines a light there. And we've all seen these outrageous little interactions. Yes. Um, but he just, I don't know. It's like he puts a little guilt frame around it so that we can all enjoy it more. And... Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Just, he treasures it really, up. He yeah. just treasures it up for us in a really appropriate. Yeah, it's really appropriate. There's a couple swears in it. Just be <laughs> be apprised. That's the one about before. the lady that stole their broccoli casserole recipe. <laughs> it is nonetheless a national oh. treasure oh. that, uh, in spite oh. of the swear in it, it is magnificent. <laughs> so okay, so it's good. It's good, and it. I I just feel I, like it's. Oh, it's good. Okay, and I have to give you my... I have a tip this week. Well done. I know, I know. I, Guys. I'm thank, like, go be blessed thank, by Lubalin Yeah, online. thanks for all the accolades about my fact that I have a tip this week. Yeah. So, yeah. I bought a product that I can stand behind at okay, this point. I'm ready. All right. I believe it is called Wet and Forget Shower Cleaner. But... It's like a big gallon jug with a little hose to the squirt. Oh, where'd you buy this thing? I bought it at Moscow Building Supply, but I think it's even cheaper on Amazon. Okay. But you just spray your shower in it and let it go for 24 hours, and then you rinse it off. But you don't have to scrub it. Because my shower needed... Because I had some, like... It's probably soap Mineral buildup or Mineral. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Uh... Because I had some on it, I just sprayed it, and then 24, I put a brush, I have a little brush thing in the shower, so mm. after I rinse it when I'm in the shower, I'll just scrub it. But it worked amazingly Works. well, and it doesn't smell, it's not, not, it doesn't smell like anything. It's like, well, I think it technically smells like vanilla, but it's not like noxious fumes okay. of something overtaking your life. It's like you can just spray it, and then rinse it off, and it keeps know. it really clean. Well, Maybe. I don't know if our shower goes 24 hours without having 
well, shower in it. I assume it doesn't matter if it's exactly 24 hours, but I spray it in the morning. Like if I, you don't need to do this every day. I'm saying right now I'm getting it all back mm-hmm. to current. And nice. I think you're supposed to do it like maybe once a week that you would just spray it okay. in the morning and then the next morning. Rinse it down. Rinse it down. And that I'm feeling, I'm feeling like it's bringing the noise mm. as far as okay. what I needed a shower cleaner to offer me. Okay. So just this letting y'all know. Hot tips. Hot, hot tips, tips for me. All yeah. right. All right. Well, Until next time. Have we will fun. talk with you later. Bye.